0: Welcome to the New Testament Daily with Jerry Deerman, where Jerry reads a chapter from the New Testament and gives us key insights and life applications along the way. For more information about the Solid Life Journal and reading plans, visit solidlives.com. And now, let's get into today's reading. All right, 1
1: Corinthians chapter 16 from the New King James Version, the Apostle Paul writing, and here's the conclusion of 1 Corinthians. Now concerning... The collection for the saints. Oh, now he's going to talk about offerings, giving offerings. And this is an important part of being in the body of Christ, being in the family of God. We don't just take care of number one. We are tithers. We are givers. And it shows that we have our faith in God and not in money. Jesus said, you cannot serve two masters. You cannot serve God and mammon. You're going to have to choose one. In fact, he said, you will choose one. He didn't say you should not serve two masters. He said, you cannot. And so Paul says, now concerning the collection for the saints, as I have given orders to the churches of Galatia. So he mentions, now I've already given instructions to all the churches in the region of Galatia. He said, but now I'm giving instruction to you, the Corinthians which is not just one church building where everybody gathers, but it's house churches. So now he's talking really, even though he doesn't say it like this, to the churches of Corinth. So he says, as I, I have given orders to the churches of Galatia, so you must do also. Verse two, on the first day of the week, each one of you, now this would be Sunday, On the first day of the week, let each one of you lay aside, lay something aside, storing up as he may prosper, that there be no collections when I come. Paul said, listen, when I come, I don't want to have to make big collections and everything to take back to support the saints in Jerusalem. He said, no. I want you every week, you know, as the Lord prospers you on your farms, with your flocks, your herds, whatever your business is, as the Lord prospers you, set something aside. Nobody wants to set something aside to give away. I mean, that the flesh at least doesn't want to. The your heart or your spirit wants to, but your flesh doesn't want to. Your flesh wants to it all to be for you. We'll set it aside for me for later for a rainy day. But Paul said, no, no. This is the way we are in the body of Christ. We care for others who are in need. It's counterintuitive to the flesh, but it's just the way it is in the kingdom. God's this way. For God so loved the world that he gave. And so we take on the characteristic of God. And so he says, uh, every... Uh, first day of the week, set aside, storing up as you may prosper, that there be no collections when I come, verse 3, and when I come, whomever you approve by your letters, I will send to bear your gift to Jerusalem. So, in Jerusalem, because so many people from around the world come to Jerusalem, it's just one of those places, like many metropolitan cities today, where there are many homeless people, there is a lot of poor, a lot of need and such. Well, Jerusalem was that way, but Jerusalem had uh, saints or believers in Jesus who were struggling. They were poor, guess what? It's that way today. There are many people in Jerusalem today under the poverty line, many Jewish people, but there are also some believers, more Jewish people at the time than believers who are uh, under the poverty line. Verse 4, but if it is fitting that I go also, they will go with me. I love this. Paul said, look, this collection that you're putting aside every week, and when I get there, we'll bring it all together into one big offering. And. And we'll send it to Jerusalem. He said, but you're going to choose the people that are trustworthy to bring this to Jerusalem. He said, but if it's fitting that I go with them, then they'll go with me. (laughs) In other words, uh, I like this because Paul's saying, look, if I'm going, then I'm leading the expedition back to Jerusalem because I'm the one that's um, initiating this whole giving campaign to help the poor believers in Jerusalem. Verse 5. Plus, he's the Apostle Paul. Verse 5. Now I will come to you when I pass through Macedonia, for I am passing through Macedonia. Verse 6. And it may be that I will remain or even spend the winter with you, that you may send me on my journey wherever I go. So I want you to notice this gives us a little clue about how the Apostle Paul would minister and be funded. We know that he did work with his own hands. We know that he was a tent maker by trade, but you can also see that he received uh, support to be able to travel and to go and preach the gospel to yet another place. And so notice again, he says, and it may be that I will remain or even spend the winter with you. You know, back in those days, they would not just be able to travel at will like we do today because of modern technology, modern uh, commercial aircraft and such, where, you know, pretty much with, with few exceptions of severe storms, you can pretty much travel any day of the year, rain or shine, winter or summer. But back in this day, you had to to navigate around these storms and around the wintertime and such. And so uh, it would be wise of them not to just go out on a ship just at any time uh, or any season of the year. And so he said, I may winter with you that you may send me on my journey. This is what I wanted to get to, that you may send me on my journey. He said, if I wintered with you, then you could then uh, support me in giving supplies and offerings and such so that you could send me, the apostle, to yet another place to preach the gospel. Now, why is this a big deal? When Paul would show up to places, including writing letters, but when Paul would show up and he would just spend weeks, sometimes months, sometimes even a few years in certain places, Boy, it would strengthen those people. It would strengthen those churches because he would just give himself and pour out the word of God. He would teach and teach and teach and teach. And these people that didn't have a whole Bible, they didn't have a New Testament. They didn't have all the books and the preachers and teachers and podcasts and, uh, live stream or YouTube messages. They didn't have all this back in that day. So they were rather ignorant compared to what what people, what believers are like today. Yet when the apostle Paul would show up, I mean, it was almost like having Jesus himself show up because Paul is ministering by the Spirit and Jesus had revealed so many things to him. So uh, it's important that this apostle and others like him would get to other places and just open up the word of God and speak truth to strengthen the body of Christ, to strengthen the believers. And of course, these Corinthians knew how beneficial Paul was to them. So they would be willing to give and to support him to go to other places, to other churches, to be that same strength to them. It's not like you could just say, well, I'm just gonna have them download the messages that I taught in Corinth. No, We didn't have that technology, he had to go. He had to bring those truths personally himself. So that you may send me on my journey wherever I go. Verse seven, for I do not wish to see you now on the way, but I hope to stay a while with you if the Lord permits. Notice he's saying, if God permits. This is my preference that I'd stay a while, but I wanna be in the will of God. So if the Lord permits me to, I will. Verse eight. But I will tarry in Ephesus. In other words, I'll take some time. I'll delay. I'll, I'll uh, spend some time in Ephesus until Pentecost. I'll wait in Ephesus until the feast of Pentecost for a great and effective door has opened to me and there are many adversaries. I've thought of this verse many times because Often God will open a door for us and we just think, look at this, God opened a door, maybe a ministry door like Paul's talking about here, but all the enemy comes to resist us. So yes, God will open the door often and call us or lead us to walk through that door, but the enemy will just slam into us and try to resist us and stop us, and if you're not careful, you'll interpret the resistance as being God wanting to shut the door. Oh, the devil can try to shut doors too, and he can actually shut and slam doors, but that doesn't mean that God's shutting the door. So Paul is saying, look, a great and effective, uh, great and effective door has opened to me, and there are many adversaries. And if Timothy comes, see that he may be with you without fear. In other words, don't intimidate him. See that he may be with you, cared for, accepted, uh, feeling comfortable and confident without fear. For he does the work of the Lord as I also do. He's saying Timothy is the real deal. He's my son in the faith and he is really laying it down for the cause of Christ just like I am. So when he comes, don't give him a hard time because he's not the apostle Paul. Accept him. And receive him and let him be very comfortable ministering among you. Therefore, let no one despise him, but send him on his journey in peace that he may come to me, for I am waiting for him uh, with the brethren. So he's saying, Not only will you send me when I come. But send him, give him some supplies and help him because I'm waiting for him, Timothy, to come to me. Verse 12. Now, concerning our brother Apollos, I strongly urged him to come to you with the brethren, but he was quite unwilling to come at this time. However, he will come when he has a convenient time. So notice. Not everybody in the body of Christ back in those days felt like they were under the direct authority of the Apostle Paul and had to submit to and do whatever he said to do. You no, know, he was an apostle to certain people, certain churches, certain cities and such. But Apollos uh, was quite unwilling to listen to the Apostle Paul. The Apostle Paul said, go to the Corinthians now, and he was unwilling to do it right then. And so, and by the way, Apollos was an eloquent, strong teacher of the word of God. He said, but he'll find a convenient time to come. Verse 13, watch, stand fast in the faith, be brave, be strong. Let all that you do be done with love. That one phrase right there, we could just sit on for a long time, but let's just make sure that we don't miss it. Let all that you do be done with love. Let all that you do be done with love. Not everything you're doing is because of love. Sometimes you just have to take out the trash, responsibility, you have to bathe, you have to clothe yourself, etc., etc. But he said, but do everything with love. Do everything you do with love. Verse 15, I urge you, brethren, you know the household of Stephanas, that it is the first fruits of Achaia, and that they have devoted themselves to the ministry of the saints, that you also submit to such, and to everyone who works and labors with us. So now he's talking about the household of Stephanus. Likely, this is a church. And these are people that have been with the Apostle Paul, that have been mentored by by the Apostle Paul. And notice he said that you also submit to such, submit to such. None of us have just one person that we submit to. We submit to a variety of people. But Paul is now saying, take care of Timothy. Don't make him afraid. Let him minister to you and send him on his way that he may come to me. And now he's talking about the household of Stephanus. He's saying, submit yourself, yourselves, you Corinthians, to them, to the household of Stephanus, that you may submit to such and to everyone who works and labors with us. Paul said, I have a number of ministry partners and I'm asking you to submit to them and uh, to honor them because they're really working with us and we're all partners in the ministry. Verse 17, I am glad about the coming of Stephanus, for Fortinatus, and uh, Caicus for what was lacking on your part, they supplied. He said, uh, when you took offerings for me the last time, he said, it didn't make it far enough. But these people supplied and they gave of their own resources to provide for me what I needed. And he said, uh, and they made up for what you lacked. Verse 18, for they refreshed my spirit and yours, for they refreshed my spirit. You know, there are just some folks that when you're around them, they refresh your spirit <laughs> and you just walk away from the fellowship with them feeling confident feeling full of joy, full of fulfillment and such. May we all be like that. I want to be more like that for people. And may we all have that. Lord, help me to be a refreshing to people and encouragement to people. So he says, therefore, acknowledge such men because they are like that. Acknowledge them. Acknowledge them. Verse 19, the churches of Asia greet you. Notice churches of Asia. Aquila and Priscilla greet you heartily in the Lord. That's a married couple. They greet you heartily in the Lord with the church that is in their house. Notice again, house churches were the order of the day. This is the way church happened back in this uh, age. And in fact, this is the way it happens in most places in the world today. Most places in the world, they don't have the large church buildings that uh, we have in America, but the multiplication of churches around the world largely happens in homes. And this is the way it was in Bible days. So he said, Aquila and, and, and Priscilla were a married couple, and they had a church in their house. All the brethren greet you. Greet one another with a holy kiss. Now, of course, you can take that too far, but uh, this is cultural. They would kiss. You know how they they'll do on either side of the cheek in many cultures today, This was very cultural, the way that they would kiss. But he's saying, for believers, greet one another with a holy kiss, with a holy kiss. The salutation with my own hand. So Paul's saying, I'm writing this uh, conclusion to this letter. The salutation with my own hand, Paul's. If anyone does not love the Lord Jesus Christ, let him be accursed. O Lord, come. He just prays right in the middle with these words. Oh, Lord, come. The grace of our Lord Jesus Christ be with you. My love be with you all in Christ Jesus. Amen. Just a great little chapter and conclusion to the book of First Corinthians. Well, I've enjoyed being with you today. And don't forget to hit that subscribe button and notification bell. And also, I invite you, invite some others to read the Word of God with us and let them know, hey, why don't you read with me? And here's what I do. I go to this YouTube channel and read this New Testament chapter of the Bible every day. Let's see how many people we can get reading the Word of God every
0: single day. God bless you, and I look forward to 2 Corinthians tomorrow. Thank you for joining us for the New Testament Daily with Jerry Dearman.